Holy shit, we're back for another Scientology episode, and I promise this is going to be the last one for a while. So without further ado, it is time for the Scientology sponsor of the day. And yes, that was approved by L. Ron Hubbard. Thank you, L. Ron. You fuck. So my guest today is Karen Della Carriere, and uh, she is um, she is a very prominent Scientology critic. Uh, she has insider information like nobody's business, and uh, she's been on she's been on Leah Remini's show. She's been on Ron Miscavige's um, live show, or I think it's live at times. I think now during COVID it's pre-recorded, but um, either way, uh, she's very very outspoken, and she's just a lovely soul. and And, and I was so thrilled to get her on, and and we talk about timely issues uh, going on with Scientology. So. Enjoy this one because I know I did. Get ready, get set. It is Karen Della Carriere. Greetings, Ed. Hello. Hello, Karen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Well, thank you. Um, so I am very excited to have you on finally, um, because uh, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on in uh, the world of Scientology, <laughs> and um, uh, I am actually very much a Scientology critic like yourself. So this is just uh, this is a treat for me. So good. Um. I did get your email, um, so I don't, uh, like, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to start with the bullet points, or do you want to start with um, just kind of, I guess, your story for anybody that's listening that's not entirely familiar with who exactly you are? Yeah, I think that's a good idea, just to briefly cover who I am and, you know, what authority do I have to say anything. I think briefly just... Explaining who I am is a good idea. Now, the bullet points are just a sheer suggestion. I'm easy peasy. You cannot throw anything at me. I'm, I'm not. We're not confined or limited to any pre preordained line of questioning. This is easy peasy. It go, the, the the pathway this takes it goes where it goes, kind of thing. Awesome. May I just really quickly ask you how long typically are these like one hour? Sh- how oh, how long does it does it go? How long do you do a podcast for? Uh, yeah, usually about an hour, and uh, sometimes it can go longer than that. But uh, it's all up to you. Like if you have to right. be somewhere, you just let me know, and and I am at your mercy. Right. So, well, I think a good point is let's say a lot of energy builds up between us, and that there's some whopping great point I make. I think you should. Not do it by the clock, but think that's a great point to end off. In other words, I've done these before, and sometimes by sheer accident, a doozer comes. <laughs> it's like it's it's almost like a crescendo, like an orchestra hitting a high point, and then boom, it ends. The music ends. So if we have one of those magical points, by all means, end off at whether it's you know, 55 minutes, whether it's 52 minutes, whether it's one hour, five minutes, 
whatever. So, in other words, rather than go by the clock, choose a nice, uh, happy ending or a wow ending. Kind you of got thing. it. Do you agree with me? I 100% agree, agree with you. Yeah, that leaves them wanting to even share or, or say, did I hear that? Or want to, you know, it's better for the audience to leave them on a high than than by the clock. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So um, I just want to let you know that I actually, um, so I've had a few Scientology uh, critics. I've had a few ex-Scientologists on and I found every single one of them through Leah Remini's show. You're the first person that I didn't necessarily find through that show. I found through Ron Miscavige, who has been on the podcast. And yeah. Well, I was on the aftermath with Leah Remini. I was in season season two. Uh-huh. Yes. So yeah. So so I do have the after I did appear on the aftermath, but but that's interesting. You found me on David Miscavige's father's podcast Ron Miscavige. Uh-huh. Yeah, cuz you've made yeah. uh you've made quite a few appearances on his on his show. Yeah, we've known each other 40 years. We were at St. Hill together in the 1970s, so it's 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 like he's an old old friend. He's not some stra- stranger who called, you know, we 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 lived and breathed it together all those years. Uh-huh. That's amazing. And, and, and so I just, that's why he called me back. Mm-hmm. I just love anytime I see in my, in my YouTube feed that, that he has you on again. It's one of my, like, those are my go-to kinds because you just have, ah. you just have this <laughs> seriously. And I'm not just, you know, buttering you up. You have this, you have this insider information that, that is so, so valuable. And especially, like I said, we're, you know, right now Scientology is is the, like there's a lot going on in the world of Scientology. But before we get to any of that, just for like you know everyone listening, the like the quick story, I guess, the cliff notes of Karen. Uh, how did you get to this point in 2020? How how did I get to where I am now? Yeah. Uh, oh boy. I know it's. You know, it is. <laughs> For 35 years, I hung on like a bulldog with teeth. I just, I was loyal. I was, I wanted it to be true. You know, the old Simon Garfunkel, a man believes what he wants to believe and disregards the rest. (laughs) I wanted it to work. And I'll explain why people get hooked and why they believe, because with an entity with so much bad news and so much evil, how do they have any members at all? I will explain that. But where I am now today is I was tortured in within. I really received horrific times. And basically, it reached a threshold. People will put up with a lot, but eventually enough is enough. When I say torture, one of my punishments was to run around a pole, uh, you know, in in Clearwater Sun, Florida Sun, in the middle of summer. I had to run around a pole 12 hours a day. No, no one can run 12 hours a day. Ed. You you can't. Your knee, your your ankles swell, your knees, but you, you can take a short break and you're put back on it. Now, this was 
to me, this was torture because it was hour after hour after hour of controlling my body. Anyway, that's just a sample of when I say I was tortured. <laughs> I, I just want to give examples of what what if I, uh, you know, what I went through, and so I decided that's it. But what really made it easier for me was Mike Grinder, Marty Rathbone, people I'd known for years and interfaced with. They had left ahead of me, and I started talking to them back channels. So, you know, that's so where I am today. I feel it's a duty of someone who was in 35 years to reveal some hard truths and to get into those dark secret places and tell what goes on, what really goes on <laughs> behind the fluff and froth of the colored magazines. Mm-hmm. That's, um, oh my, 12 hours running around a pole. And- yeah. And, and so just like really quickly take me back to there because, and, and you probably don't want to go back there, but just like, how is that even set up? Like, is like, is like, is someone watching you for 12 hours? Yes. There's a supervisor. Well, Hubbard deteriorated in his last years and he invented this thing, which he said was a spiritual discipline. It was supposed to enlighten you. Hubbard wrote down, and I read, I read this myself in his, I read his private advices. He said that millions of years ago, millions of years ago, trillions of years ago, he was chasing an evil entity, and they were in a chase. They were in a pursuit, and these trillions of years ago, Hubbard finally caught him after years of pursuit. And the guy was no longer evil. He was sane and logical. And Hubbard said, you know what? Running makes you sane. But the running has to be nonstop for elongated periods of time. So listen to the mindset of Hubbard. He claimed he captured an evil entity billions, trillions years ago. And because of that, all of us were put, those who were in punishment, were supposedly insane or we were bad. And to discipline us to become sane, we had to run. You see, you're asking good questions. People can't believe this. People can't believe that. Hubbard's word is law and biblical truth. Biblical truth. If Hubbard said it, it it is. <laughs> no, and, yeah, and and it's even down to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it, it, it's even down to how they wash windows. Like they have to wash a window yes. a certain way. Yes, you have to take newspaper. Apparently, it has some chemicals, and you have to. He. He advised on everything, everything, how to do a budget, how to control your finance, how to talk, how to communicate, how to have, how to manage your children, how to have a happy marriage, 
how to, there's a how you, you, how to do laundry. (laughs) You know, there's almost nothing. Now, Hubbard has a sort of nickname called Source. The definition of Source is the create, a a Source is the originator, right? The creator. The, the, The person that creates the original is the is the source. We say, well, who is the source of that script in Hollywood? And then the source would be the author. Well, Hubbard's nickname is, he's known as source. When you're on staff and when you're in inside, he's also called source. Now, if you follow one of his how-tos, how to clean, how to clean windows, how to do your laundry, uh, how to use a computer. If you do it, uh, how to do marketing, how to expand your business, how to do public relations. If you do exactly by the letter what Hubbard says to do, you are known as a good, good, good guy. You're on source. And if you try to do something any other way, while in the cult, you're known as off-source. And off-source means you have a problem with your ethics and morality. So if you want to disparage someone when you're in the cult, you say, ah, he's off-source. Don't, don't, for goodness sake, don't date that guy. He's off-source. Off-source means you are not following Hubbard to the T. That means you are not following biblical law, which is the word of Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And then that and that's just carried over to David Miscavige. So now it's the now it's the word of Miscavige, right? Yes, very much so. Very much so. And, and Miscavige, yes, he he's also <laughs> he's off source because he <laughs> he's invented his own his own brand and his own. <laughs> he's even interpreted the e meter differently. The, the needle must swing three. So he's off source, but nobody would dare tell him that. You know, you, you oh boy, <laughs> punishments within our, our whole trip. Yeah. Now, like I said, there's there's a lot that's that that has brought Scientology back into, I guess you could say, the forefront. If it's if it's ever been in the in the back of people's minds, recent events have brought it back to everyone's attention. And I'm specifically talking about the um, the Danny Masterson issue and Um, the most recent issue, uh, or not even an issue, but just the most recent event, which is John Travolta's wife passing away. Yes. And yes. Um, kind of highlighting the Danny Masterson issue is the fact that those the, those three women that, that are accusing him, because it is three, right? Or is, or is there more? Well, uh, four are on record with LAPD. And then, much more lately, I do believe that two more came forward. 
is it all right if I just jump in? I, I, I do have some good comments to tell you on Danny Masterson, but the death of John Travolta's wife is just something that is mind-boggling. I'll tell you why. She went up to the highest level possible in the cult called OT8. These are all numerical levels of how OT1, OT2, OT3, she went up to OT8. This cost about a million dollars. It's for the very, very wealthy. How many people on planet Earth can afford one million dollars for higher spirituality? Well, John Travolta's wife spent at least a million dollars, and she did OT8. Now, what does the cult promise you for OT8? Why would why would why are they asking gobs of money? OT8 is supposed to make you a superhuman being. You're not eight levels lower than OT8. You're not even supposed to catch a cold. Never mind get cancer. So they were selling you a superhuman state. You will be free of medical issues. You will be successful and prosperous and you will beat the competition and you will excel at what you do. (laughs) Note that John Travolta and his poor wife, Kelly, never ever got some big Academy Award or a distinguished honor in anything. But they paid them, you know, Kelly paid a million dollars. She went up to OT8, and at 57, she's dead of cancer. So that's why I would say it's mind-boggling within those who know what it means to have spent that many years traveling the pathway to go up to OT8. It may not mean you've got you got to really walk this, <laughs> walk it, and do it to see how much she believed and trusted that OT8 would be her salvation and make her superior to mere mortal human beings like you. So, so, so (laughs) you're alive and she isn't. (laughs) Right. So what, so what exactly did Kelly believe? Did she believe that, okay, now I have, I have, cause it was breast cancer. She, so I have breast cancer now. Now what? Like as as an OT eight, what does she believe? Like like it's just gonna vanish. Um, all right, let me let me put it in very simplistic terms Please. for an audience that don't know all the Scientology nomenclature. <laughs> in Scientology, there are only two major major doctrines. There's volumes and volumes of this, that, and the other, rah, rah. But there's only two major beliefs in Scientology. And one is everything bad that ever happens to you, even the way you're existing now, is because of the bad things you've done. You have done criminal acts. And so any suffering you are going through or any, any retaliation, any blowback you're getting is you, you caused it. So all the lower parts of Scientology is to find your crimes and find your misdeeds. In fact, 
Scientology has pendulum swung into just mostly having what they call confessionals, sec check. Sec check is short for security check. And for hundreds of hours, every type of outlandish question is asked you, you know? Uh, have you had sex with an animal? Have you, you know, hit a baby on the head? Have you ever slaughtered a nation? Uh, have you ever dropped bombs on a civilization? The, these questions are assuming you believe that you've lived for billions of years. So if you've lived billions, trillions of years, you had plenty of time to do wrong, no? <laughs> All right, so that's part one of Scientology. They're looking for your evil. And it's nonstop and it's relentless because there's 50,000 questions you could be asked to fish out your transgression, right? In Catholicism, they want you to try and be good, to try and not disobey the Ten Commandments. But that's more like they want you to be a better human being, right? In Scientology, the assumption is already that you are an evil being. It's all hogwash that they write man is basically good because <laughs> as soon as somebody leaves the church after being in 20, 30 years, they put out a suppressive person declare saying that they are an antisocial evil human being. They do this. They've done hundreds of these declares, thousands. These people, they declare them evil, even though they worked for the church 20 years, 30 years. They didn't recognize the evil while they got benefits from the slave labor. They only realized they were evil after they departed and went on blogs and forums and spoke out. So back to, to we're simplifying Scientology down to two things. Your evil, your bad deeds, which you must confess. And part two is the spirits that Scientology allege are attached to you. Do you know anything about that, body titans? Do you know anything about that, Ed? Um, I mean, I know very little, I'm probably sure, compared to you. Okay. But... okay. Well, in Scientology doctrine, it's a great mis misconception to think that you are just one spirit with a body. There are millions of you all grouped together, attached to different body parts and attached to you. And so the levels, I told you there were levels up to OT8, OT3, OT4, OT5, OT6, OT7 are exorcism levels to flush out these attached spirits. That's what all the secrecy, the paranoia on not giving out these secret, secret, high-level things. All it is is it's Scientology's techniques which you pay tens of thousands of dollars for to boot out and expel, jettison out of your body these attached spirits. That's what the levels are. And Kelly Preston did that all the way up to OT8. She jettisoned out uh, privately between Scientologists. 
they believe cancer is only there because of these pesky attached spirits causing uh, causing tumors and da 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 da. They believe that most illnesses stem from these attached spirits. They're not ghosts. They're they're well, you know, exorcism. The, the Vatican. Every single day of their lives, they get bishops asking permission to exorcise uh, spirits. Exorcising attached spirits is not unique to Scientology. But Scientology makes it, the sun rises and sets with all these upper levels are doing exorcism of attached spirits. Does this shock you? Are you a little stunned to hear this? Not really, because, I mean, I have seen um, most of Leah Remini's show, which is really, I think, uh, where a lot of my education in Scientology came from. But, I mean, I'm sure for mm. so many people listening, they're just like, what? Excuse yeah. me? This is this sounds like complete nonsense. And, I, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, okay, so she reaches OT8, and she thinks that her breast cancer is this, this pesky uh, Phaeton, right? She thinks it's this... Well, I can't interpret what was in her mind because I didn't ever discuss any of this with her, and I don't know. But I'm just telling you the general view, as I was deeply involved in all of this. It's called nephrotes. That's that's the just the language nephrotes. I was a case supervisor. I was an auditor. I did all this for years. I yeah. did all this, and I'm telling you that within inner circles. It is believed because why should a good person who, you know, came from a good family, they had no issues, they, they're brilliant as students, they have a good job, they have a wonderful marriage. Why should they suddenly get some malady out of the blue sky? They have some very severe diabetes, or, you know, get starting to get strokes and like, what? what is this? For, for what reason? Well, in Scientology, you are only ill or get some malfunction in your body because you're connected to an evil person. Not a spirit now. Now, in Scientology, you are trouble because you're connected to what Scientology has labeled suppressive person, SP. Antisocial person. So, so, so do you believe? Yeah, sorry, do you believe that this was? Um, do you believe that Travolta and Preston revealed this to the church, or were they afraid that by revealing, hey, Kelly was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, like were they afraid of maybe like the the ramifications of such a revelation? You know. It's <laughs> when John Travolta did this post on Instagram, did you notice how he didn't thank Scientology at all? Yes. Usually when something is moving towards terminal, people run to their religion or they convert to 
born-again Christian, they, they, they grasp on to the Almighty, the Creator, because they're in the last stages, and they all become religious. Heck, even uh, prisoners, you know, they, <laughs> they, they grab on to religion. So, supposedly, Scientology should have given her a lot of comfort and this and that. She was, after all, a spokesman. She was she was shilling for the cult. She was uh, OT8. And yet, there was no thank you at all, no mention of Scientology in the Instagram. John Travolta only thanked medicine. He thanked the hospitals. And to me, that was a wow. Now, other people reading it may not have seen it because it's not, it's an omitted. It's hard to see something that isn't there. What isn't there was no acknowledgement to the cult. I do want to jump in and say something, Ed. Ed, Ed from everyone I've spoken to and everyone who's fed into me, Kelly Preston was a lovely person. I, I really want to say that you you would find it very hard to find one single person critical of her. She wasn't mean. She wasn't combative. She wasn't, um, she never threw her weight around. She didn't act superior at all. She was humble and kind and sweet. She was like a bright butterfly that she was just a good, good person. Now, was she misguided and was she gullible and did she swallow uh you know when she was shilling <laughs> she was promoting something that she certainly didn't ever read the internet and get both sides of the story kelly preston for sure didn't watch one episode of the aftermath i think travolta was asked if he had seen any and he said why would I? Why, why would I even be interested in that kind of crap? You know, so they, Kelly and John were in hear no evil, speak no evil, say no evil. Like they just, you know, those three monkeys, blind, deaf, and they, they weren't going to hear it. They weren't going to hear both sides of the story. Yeah. It's, but just, it's... just like may Kelly rest in peace. And I want to tell you that it seems from all reports, she had a lot of goodness. This was a good person. And it's always sad to lose, you know, you get all kinds of crack, crackpot, lunatics, evil people living for years. Yeah. And good people. <laughs> we lose good people. Yeah. Always tragic. <laughs> yeah. The, the good die young. That's what they always say. Um, it's It's now, okay, so... There's so much that I that, that that just boggles me about this. So, but in that post that you're talking about on Instagram, like you said, they thank medicine, which means that at some point they probably threw aside everything Scientology related and they were like, "Look, we need yes. to we need to actually get help here because whatever yes. we're whatever we're like being fed, it, it it's not flying." And yes. That boggles me, but now, like the biggest thing that boggles me, and I'm and uh, and I'm sure you have some some comments on this is is this going to be the the thing that really awakens John Travolta, or is he still going to somehow find a way to stay in 
Scientology? Or is this going to be like a like that little pebble that just creates a ripple effect for him? Because for everyone listening that doesn't know, he had a son that had passed away. Yeah, yeah. And he was suffering from autism. Yeah. yeah. And his first love, Diana Highland, lady considerably older than him that he was totally in love with. She died of cancer, and he was just broken on that. Well, let me answer your question. Will John have a wake-up call is what you're asking over this. Let me, let me answer that. John and the cult of Scientology have a symbiotic relationship. I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Tit for tat. You give me, I'll give you. Now, John tends to be a bad boy. I don't know if I want to say A reckless, a reckless celebrity. You've seen pictures of him kissing a man mouth to mouth, right? You've seen those. Have you seen those images? I think so. Well, I think so. They made all the, (laughs) you can imagine what the tabloids did with it. And then John had a lawsuit from a masseurs where the masseurs claimed John was interfering with his privates and this and that. There's constantly some new accusation that bubbles up that John did something sexually that was inappropriate. Very Look, it's not inappropriate to be gay. We've embraced the gay culture. If you're gay and that's what you are, that's who you are. But if you're married and you're doing this under the table secretly behind, then it's a slightly different thing than just enjoying your gay lifestyle, you see? John tends to do these things, and he gets church protection like you would not believe. There's 150 guys in Office of Special Affairs, and they do all his damage control. They do the damage control. So that he's then uh, protected. And in exchange, John Travolta endorses the cult. This is what I mean by symbiotic. Who wouldn't want an army of people rushing to cover up your latest blunder? A huge uh, bunch of people privately working behind the scenes to cover up a very bad image that he, you know, that he goofed up and did. This is what I mean by reckless. So the relationship is you give me and I'll give you. You help me and I'll help you. So I don't see that Kelly's departing and leaving, rest in peace, you know, leaving us on earth and dying I don't see that that's going to persuade John in any way, shape, or form. No. Wow. Wow. His relationship with the church is embedded, and it's very... In fact, the church... (laughs) It's a little-known fact, very little-known fact. After he was mouth-to-mouth kissing this pilot... If you just Google John Travolta mouth-to-mouth kiss and click on Google Images, you'll get the pictures right away. John, it was such a firestorm. And John immediately married Kelly 
almost in no time at all after to, to blow over all this, uh, you know, 20, 21 years ago, the gay culture had not fully been embraced by one and all. It was still frowned on. So look at his damage control. He marries Kelly to annihilate and wipe out the image of him being gay. That's not a very known fact. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no clue. Oh. Now, John as a person, as a character, is a very gentle soul. All right, he's a bad boy. He does reckless things and he, you know, he does this and that. But I got to tell you, he, if you ever talk to anyone, he's kind. He's not um, a dominant, uh, hateful person. I mean, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't cause trouble. He's not a troublemaker. Is he full of misconceptions? And is he perhaps not living up to his own private code of honor by, you know, playing ball with the cult? A lot of people could have a lot of opinions on that, right? A lot of opinions. Because is he really, what kind of ethics and morality is there to get favors from a cult like that? <laughs> a cult j just to protect yourself from your bad deeds. A lot of people could frown on that a lot. But there you go. As a person, if you had to ask me, I've met, I've met Travolta. I've got pictures of him with my ex-husband and my son that I took with my own camera. And you know, I, John is truly very personable. And any actors who've worked with him have said, unlike Tom Cruise, who they've found highly obnoxious and highly. More, more like David Miscavige, a bully, dictating terms, you know, being a being bossy. John, John is the reverse of that. He's kind and gentle, and engaging as a person. Yeah, yeah. I know these are these are contrary facts to <laughs> to first tell you. Well, John is in bed with Office of Special Affairs, and then. <laughs> To give the the flip side of it, to say he's kind and good. Well, I think there's good and bad in everyone, isn't there, Ed? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's yeah. He definitely comes off as somebody that uh, is very easily approachable. Like you, like you mentioned, it's like he doesn't give off a bad vibe. And you know, it's just this is really I don't know. It, it I mean yes. it, it, it's it's absolutely unfortunate for for his family. You know, having to to go through this because I had no clue. I don't think anybody had a, a real clue. This just came out of left field. Like I think everyone reacted. Kelly was sick. Like it wasn't something that they publicly expressed. Um, I don't know if that has to do with Scientology. So again, maybe, you know, maybe they did tell, tell somebody in Scientology and they just were like, Oh, well, you know, keep it on the down low. But I, it's just, if, if this isn't a wake up call, it's, I guess he is so in bed with them that nothing's going to be a wake up call. You know, it's he, he he's going to die a Scientologist and he's going to. Yes. 
he's going to realize on his, like, assuming it's something similar and it's not something tragic and quick, he's going to realize, oh, wow, um, you know, I guess yeah. I should have had that wake-up call. But, ah. Yes. Now, John hasn't done all these upper OT levels of exercising his body titans and attached spirits. Oh. Kelly did. She went up to OT8. But John hasn't gone. He hasn't done all that. He hasn't. For whatever reason, maybe he heard bits and pieces and he didn't believe any of that. and He didn't put himself through it. But uh, I think that you, you said it very nicely just now, Ed. His vibes and his kindness and his goodwill. When Haiti had an earthquake, he used his own private plane and flew to Haiti. Uh, you know Haiti, the island on the left side of Santo Domingo, the the Caribbean islands. John went and gave generously and helped out orphan children in Haiti, flying there on his own private plane because there was such devastation. So, and I don't think he did that for PR. He didn't call media to watch him be generous in Haiti. He quietly and privately did this. So you see, you see the goodness in him. So, but, but John Travolta is an ornament for the cult. Tom Cruise and John Travolta are their showpieces. They're, they're, they're like, they are the ultimate prize that Scientology likes to show off. Right. We've got to be legitimate. Look who's a member here. Look who's a member. We've got John Travolta and Tom Cruise. We've got to have... But <laughs> what people don't ask is Tom Cruise and John Travolta have gone on and on for 35 years. How come there's no new A-lister that ever joined after that? We've all heard about Cruise and Travolta. Yeah. Nobody knew. No, no big movie star has joined in 30, 30 40 years. What, what, what big name has joined? Well, in fact, in Hollywood, it is known as career suicide <laughs> to belong to that cult. Have you noticed how Travolta and Cruz have never been asked to give out an award at the Academy Awards? Have you noticed how they're not they're not <laughs> They're not invited by the Academy. Wow. No, I never, uh, I never pieced that together. They're, they're big names, but they're... you never see them. Huh. You know, they never mind not winning an award. They're not <laughs> giving them out as a, as, as a presenter. Right. Wow. You know, Scientology sell and pitch these extraordinary states of ability, higher achievement, higher this, higher that. But Ed, there hasn't been one Scientologist ever that won a Nobel Prize, that won, never mind an Academy Award, that won a Lifetime Achievement Award, that was some great maestro in music, or some huge, uh, you know, so they're pitching and selling these huge super superstars. But wait a moment, where are they? Yeah, yeah. Well, I will tell you, there are 
handfuls of people that have died of cancer after OTH. Kelly Preston is not unique. Tons of people went all the way up to OTH. The cult got their million dollars, and then they died off of cancer, heart attacks, strokes, just like any other human being. They were not some supernatural superstar, uh, higher level being impervious to illness. Not at all. So what they're selling, this is why people blow the whistle on the, on the fake, false claims. Because it's not the truth. It, there's no truth there. It's fake. Yeah, 100%. And uh, to answer your question, is, and, and I guess this is a good segue, is I, I, I had no clue about um, Danny Masterson. I had no clue. And I'm not even that... Oh, uh, yes, but- I'm not even that big of a fan of that 70s show, but I mean, I know a lot of people that are, and, and I had no clue that, that that cast is kind of littered with with Scientologists. But um, that that issue, right, of, of the church kind of um, yeah. keeping those women quiet, that's really what's brought the church back into the forefront, I think, is because those women were supposedly you know, kept under wraps by the Church of Scientology, who has obviously denied that. Um, so what does this do? Like, wh- obviously, this is horrible PR. I mean, the Kelly Preston thing, yeah. that's, you know, that's neither here nor there, really. I mean, when you compare it to something like this, when you compare it to yeah. allegations of the church, you know, literally keeping women quiet. Yeah. This is, this is, this is the darker side of the church, the evil thing. Now, it always rolls back to Hubbard, the founder and creator of it all, because he has doctrines called policy letters, which absolutely forbid a Scientologist suing another Scientologist. You can be declared an antisocial personality if you do that. You cannot take another Scientologist to court. You cannot even report a Scientologist who has just done a crime. You can't go to police. You can only report for internal ethics. Internal ethics. I know a a girl in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, a beautiful girl, Sylvia. She was beat senseless by her live-in boyfriend. He beat her into unconsciousness. And when she went to the church for help, she was completely forbidden for telling the police anything about the assault. And not only that, they got a big donation out of him, $150,000, and they forgave him. He did no amends. He did no... The, the church monetized this horrible act of violence and got cash out of it. And then they kind of reprimanded her and said, look, he's, he's a good guy. He just gave a huge donation. Please stop squawking about this assault. Stop it. Can you believe that? No. Well, yes, I can. So you can get off the hook. Uh, In earlier times, you could pay, you could buy your seat in heaven and you could, you know, you could pay off huge sums of money and you could be forgiven nefarious acts because you (laughs) paid hard cash. In medieval times, that was quite quite the norm. If you were a wealthy lord and had generous donations to give your church, well, 
Scientology is doing it just the same as medieval times. Give us your cash and we'll forgive you. Mm -hmm. So it's literally just a, it's probably something with, with Danny Masterson and, and, and some, some form of the revelation coming to the attention of Scientology and what him just slipping them some money. And that's literally all it takes, or is that just way too simplifying it? No, uh, Danny, what, Danny is a celebrity because he's an actor and he had an ongoing show. So he would come under that special wing of the church that protects the celebrities. I told you how much John Travolta gets protected when he's a bad boy, right? Danny Masterson got huge church protection, but the church were very much knowledgeable about these rapes. And that is why he never went beyond a lowly grade two. The Scientology experience is done in terms of levels. You go higher, the next level, the next level. The levels go upward like a ladder, like a, a pyramid. You go higher, 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 right? And the first few levels are grade zero to four before you start anything like OT levels. And Danny Masterson is only a grade two. I mean, he's been in Scientology 35 years, and you would say, what? He hasn't gone up the bridge? Well, the staff at Celebrity Center very much knew of his nefarious deeds. And I think he was not permitted to go higher because Scientology has eligibility uh, doctrines. Eligibility means if you don't qualify, for example, if you're suicidal or you've thought of suicide or you've attempted suicide, then you're not eligible for Scientology services. Not because because they don't want the bad PR fallout in case you do knock yourself off, right? So they do that. You're not eligible for PR protection. Now, Danny Masterson had done felonies, right? He had done felonies. Rape is a felony. Doing it to a doing it to a drugged, unconscious female is even a worse felony, right? And they knew he was guilty of these acts, so they didn't permit him a lot of Scientology services, which answers the mysterious question as, why on earth was he only a lowly grade two after being in the being in thirty five years, <laughs> most people have risen up the ranks. No, when you've been in somewhere thirty five years, well, they knew he had done criminal acts. So the church is completely in cahoots, and what they did to shut up these girls trying to get justice is unconscionable, unconscionable. Yeah, well, but there you go. The Church of Scientology 
cares only about its own self-interest. It does not give a hoot in hell about other people's interests. Yeah. It is only for its own survival. I bet you got that when you watched the aftermath. Oh yes, a hundred percent. And they're so contradictory. They're so they'll they'll pass judgment on you, but yet when when you're doing something that is clearly, you know, obviously, you know, just horrific, they'll you know, assuming you are Danny Masterson, they'll they'll come to your aid in some weird, sick, twisted way. It, it, it makes no sense, and it's just. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean this, I mean, cause I'm kind of scrolling through the bullet points you sent me and the, the fifth one is it's like, how is the cult now? You know? And, and I mean, I would say that they're, they're, uh, they're the same or if not worse. Right. Well, Eddie, they, they can't change. I told you Hubbard's word is law. What Hubbard said to do or not do is, no matter, no matter that the culture changes, no matter that we're always in an evolution, if Hubbard said such and such, then that is the law. Now, I do hear that they've lightened up on the gay uh, lifestyle. They, they want gay money. They don't want to lose out on getting gay finance. That's cash. Cash. <laughs> And for years, they kicked out gays and said, no, you're not eligible, and you can't do this, and you can't do that, you're gay. They made it sound like the guy had leprosy or something. But I have, I think it's even on their site, because of the cultural change, they've lightened up on, and by the way, Ed, they took in gobs of money to do gay conversion therapy. If the guy were saying, look, I don't want to be gay, uh, can you help me? They were taking tens of thousands of dollars to try and knock the gay uh, drive out of someone in what we call gay conversion therapy. Wow. It never worked. I was a case supervisor, a class 12. You could not be trained higher than what I was trained. I was at the pinnacle of, 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 of training. I supervised class twice. I was up there. And I will tell you, in the 35 years of doing all this, nobody who was gay became ungay because they gave gobs of money to the cult. They, they, they gave the money and they hoped and they believed that the therapy would work. And it never worked. That's that's incredible. So do you see how it goes back to sheer deception? A promise of a result, like I told you earlier, promising the sun, moon, and stars, promising you'd be a superstar, and it was nonsense. You'd die off it in your 50s. Promising they would ungay you, and they, and they don't. This is the deception yeah. that, the, that the church constantly gets in trouble for because people in the long run feel ripped off my money is gone where's the yeah. where's the result oh that's that's disgusting that 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 they kind of forced people to to ungay themselves and oh man that's just you know that's 
that's pretty that's that's disgusting that's that's awful that's really bad that and, and that so many people probably went to that you know that 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 were gay but that believed in scientology so much and they were yeah. they were so brainwashed that they were going to do this and and be a walking contradiction to themselves you know oh. well very often it was loving parents that threw their kid in and were willing to pay tens of thousands of dollars to ungay their kid uh, I know a poignant story of a guy who was thrown in at 11 or 12 years old because he was gay his parents were diehard Scientologists and they felt that by giving the church you know Fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. They they would ungay. Well, the church should never have taken that money in the first place. It's complete utter theft of funds. But if you're on the road to truth, if truth really means something to you, and for a lot of people, truth is is king. And wiping away the lies or deleting fake and falsehoods is 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 a big deal for a lot of people. Well, Scientology absolutely indulges in lies, cover-ups, fake, promises that are pie in the sky. And it doesn't feel that lying through their teeth is a transgression. They don't feel that. They feel they have a computation which is called the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics. And Scientology feels that anything they do, anything at all, that favors the church's survival is the greatest good. Because they believe in their delusion that they are the greatest good to mankind. Therefore, they believe the end justifies the means. When you said that, uh, when you brought up the word truth, unfortunately and ironically, my mind instantly went to the line that Tom Cruise says that, you know, I want the truth. And, you know, how ironic is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's it's so... One, I hope you will invite me back. Uh, We need to do, we need to discuss Tom Cruise. I have a lot of... I, th- this was more on John Travolta because of Kelly's passing, but I I have plenty to tell you on Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And something that I did want to bring up is the fact that uh, I guess one of the positive things about Scientology coming out soon, and I'm sure you'll be on, which is which is great, is um, is Leah and Mike are starting a podcast. Um, yes. Which yes. which is which is phenomenal. It's sort of going to be what this like like an extension. Side, this fair game is pretty, uh, and and my God, have they fair gamed me? Oh, but you know what? It always incentivizes me to do more. <laughs> They're doing the absolute reverse. They may think that by hitting me and fair gaming me and bad mouthing me and causing this, they may think that. The, I'll, it'll shut me down and I'll go away and I'll feel subdued. It does the reverse. <laughs> you know? They, so, so uh, I, I don't know, Ed. I, I've developed crocodile skin. Uh, my skin is thick as an alligator. You can't really poke me. 
No, that, but that's what I love about you. That's what I love about you. Having watched, you know, you on Ron's show and, and just, you know, hearing the, yeah, you, you are, you, you are, you are stone cold when it comes to Scientology. So, um, I really do hope that, uh, you, you end up on, on their podcast, which is called, um, what it's called Scientology fair game, right? Fair game, uh, black ops. Uh, I think it's called fair game, fair game. Yes. Fair game. Uh, I think I sent you a little issue of Hubbard, right? You can destroy someone who's a critic of Scientology. You can lie to them, cheat, cheat them, deceive them, destroy them. And you get a free pass in Scientology because that person was a critic. So this is what I mean by doing anything. And the end justifies the means. So what they're hanging on to is they're the greatest good. And if you're harming something so good, you deserve to be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty non-religious. Very. In the law courts, they scream and claim ecclesiastical religion, religion. But then they don't act like a religion. They act like a bunch of mafia thugs. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't sound, the way they carry on, that's not ecclesiastical at all. <laughs> God. Yeah. You it's... know, they destroy their own image. No one can self-destruct more than what Scientology acts out. All by their little lonesome, right? They don't, I mean, many of us can speak out, but the damage Scientology does is uh, they cannibalize their own. They destroy good, hardworking staff. They make enemies of one and all. And that's, uh, that's really not sustainable in the long run. How long do you last carrying on like this? Yeah. Well, no, they're not going to last very much longer. Uh, very, very, yeah, very much longer. They're not going to last. Uh, and, and, it is called Scientology Fair Game. I just uh, quickly looked it up, and it's uh, premiering, I think, July 21st? 21st. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, so, that's in three days. Yeah. I'm yeah. Ve- very excited about days. it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I definitely want to get you back on at some point. I just, uh, you're my fifth uh, Scientologist guest, so I feel like for a while I'm going to kind of, because I don't want to get scientology out, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just want to kind of give it a little bit of a break once this episode comes out, but, uh, definitely down the road, I, I definitely want to get you back on here and, and who knows what'll happen in that space of time, you know, who knows what stuff will happen. Um, but this has been, this has been really, really informative, really just, you know, continuously eye opening. My eyes have already been open to Scientology, but I'm sure it's just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, for, you know, for someone that might be. Uh, new to it, I'm sure it's eye-opening in a in a bunch yeah. of ways. So yeah, um, yeah. Thank you so much. I for... notice you have a very good internet presence. I I you you're, you're here there and everywhere. Uh, YouTube, good for you, Ed. Good for you. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, you're a good host. You're very easy to talk to. Thank you. You were you were very very uh, very nice to work with. Thank you, Ed. And uh, I'll wave goodbye to all the audience. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'll see you around sometime, Ed. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, hon. Take care. Bye-bye.